welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. Thanks so much for joining us live on a Wednesday night. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko. Joining me, as always, by our founder, fearless leader, John Dan Johnston. John, let's just get it out there right now, top of the show, and not bury the lead. Who would have thought that the win against Iowa last uh, Friday on Black Friday would be the least interesting thing that's happened in, to Nebraska football uh, since Thanksgiving? Oh, buddy. There's, you know, there there's a, how do I start this? I mean, obviously, we're if you're just showing up to the to the show, you you have to be aware that Mickey Joseph was arrested today for uh, oh, shit. I need to look at the headline. I have too many things going on at once. I'm trying to watch basketball. I'm trying to pull up everything. <laughs> he was arrested for something that sounds unfucking believably horrible, which is strangulation and domestic assault. Uh, third degree domestic assault, which, you know, I don't think you can sugarcoat that and make it any, I, there's not like you could say, oh, it wasn't that big a deal or anything like that, because right now it looks like it's a uh, felony, or it's listed as a felony, and I don't know, a lot of times they they charge you with a felony and then they plead you down or things like that. Um, Thank you, Blaine. We're talking you about know, American I, I, football here right now. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. doesn't. I'm not a projecting. Well, I am projecting a little bit. I'm going to say this just about Mickey Joseph. As a guy that grew up with parents that, uh, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, my childhood was, you know, my, my childhood was whatever I want to make of it. You know, sometimes it was terrible and sometimes it was the greatest thing ever. But there is this thing when you go through life. And honest to God, I had to deal with this for years. My mother was a wonderful mother at times, and then at other times, she could just cut me down in front of people and destroy me. And I grew up with this attitude that whenever people gave me compliments, I I hated it because I wasn't used to it. And it took me years to get over this, honestly. I... um, now I've learned to just say thank you to people, which sounds so simple to people, but it isn't. And what I'm getting at is this. There has been a lot of times in my life where I got to a point or I was doing successful, and it really made me nervous, and it really made me feel bad. And I just thought, I need to destroy myself because I don't deserve this. And I'm not saying that's what Mickey Joseph has done, but Jesus, you know, everything was going well. I mean, we beat Iowa. We hire Matt Rule. He looks like one of the best hires in the nation. You know, I mean, comparable to Luke Fickle at going to Wisconsin. And then we get the worst news possible about Mickey Joseph. We've all been sitting here wondering, is Mickey Joseph going to come back? Oh, my God, if Mickey doesn't come back, is there going to be, uh, you know, is the is the half the team going to leave or the recruits going to leave? Right. Well, all that fucking shit, all that shit is gone. I mean, Just none right. of that stuff matters anymore. You know what I mean? It's all been taken care of. We don't have to worry about a damn bit of any of it so and it's just know. this just that fast man the snap of the fingers um it it just goes show it can all go away that fast and we just don't know you know uh every the the chat is booming already 
I, I can't I can't keep up with reading it all. It, it's a lot of talk about you know is it a felony? Is it a misdemeanor? I, look, that's all. That's all that's for not people. Up to us. No, no, it's all for people in the situation. All we can do is. I, you know, we, we don't know. I don't know any of the situation. Uh, people, there, there's a lot of, um, I don't, I don't want to say allegations, um, but there's a lot of, of theories being, being talked around, uh, um, in, in the, uh, uh, chat. So, um, all we can do is, whoop. Yeah, well, that's, Daniel's you know, uh, Daniel's on point here. This was an no offense, Daniel. This is an accidental uh, highlight of a comment, but he says let the situation settle itself. That that's all we can do. Um, you know, we, one thing at a time, and, and we don't, we just don't know. So, you know, whether Mickey Joseph is gonna what he's gonna happen to him with regards to coaching is kind of secondary now to everything else that's sure. going on. Absolutely. So, you know, you hope that uh, his family is okay and, and his kids are going to be okay. And, uh, you know, ultimately, Mickey Joseph is going to come back, be okay. I mean, if all of this proves out and he's found, this is something you really don't come back from. Uh, I mean, you, like a DUR, I, I'm, come on, I'm blanking on our former wide receivers coach, Kevin Williams. Yes. He had a DUI. I mean, you can come back to coaching from a DUI. You can make amends. People, you know, look at you and go, okay, you haven't fucked up again. You're not being an idiot completely over and over and over. But a domestic assault is something I don't think that you really recover your career from because everybody's going to look at you, you know, so. (sighs) I I saw one thing in in the uh, uh, comments that I – I do agree with that. I didn't. I can't highlight it. I mean, I could, but I'd have to scroll up. Um, we don't know. Everything's in. We're all in speculation mode. Um, let, let's let's move on and, and talk about some of the other uh, big, important, fun things in in Nebraska athletics this week, John. Oh, like what? <laughs> well, uh, I I predicted a score of thirty-one seventeen. And there were people on this chat last Wednesday night who were laughing. They would talk yes. about drinking Kool-Aid. Yes. I was only one score off, really. It, when the final score was was 24-18, I, 17, I guess it was 24-17, regardless. I, I feel pretty vindicated. I... I I, I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. We we got the dub. There were a lot of naysayers uh, last Wednesday night, John, and, and a lot of people, a lot of a uh, lot of you commenters. I'm not throwing anybody particular under the bus because I don't have that good of a memory to remember exactly who. But a lot of you had uh, more points for Iowa than you had for Nebraska, and uh, we got the dub. That that is true. That is true. I said that if we if I said that if they, we made Iowa make mistakes, we'd win the game, and we actually made Iowa make mistakes, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of funny. Thanks, Blaine. Blaine says I have to give it to you, Greg. Would not have made that prediction. Well, I drink a very strong Kool Aid, sir. 
Vanessa has a good question. What is our, our obsession with talking about Kool-Aid? Uh, use it particularly that term. Uh, besides the fact, the, this, correct me if I'm wrong, John, and I only say this because you look like you lead one. Uh, but this goes back to one of the cults from a few decades ago, oh right? God. Where everybody drank the Kool-Aid and, and, uh, and everybody keeled over. Yes. <laughs> so it. Oh my God! These things together. Drinking the Kool Aid goes back to the Jonestown cult. I, I mean, oh God, I wasn't. I wasn't so asked. Uh, what was the guy's name? Jim Jones. Jim Jones, Jim Jones. was a cult leader. He took people to Jones Jonestown. I want to say it's in Africa or is it in South America? Anyway, uh, he, he literally had a cult there. Things were closing in on him. He was going to be arrested. You uh, and the United States congressman went down there to check on citizens and stuff like that. And he literally served people, including their children, vats of Kool-Aid. And, and they killed them, like 900 people. I mean, it was terrible. So like the human beings we are, we take the macabre. And Kool-Aid <laughs> invented in Nebraska. When you say drinking the Kool-Aid, I mean... When you really look into the source of that, you're kind of like, oh, dear God. You know, it's it's actually a very horrifying and terrible event. And uh, we, you know, we get a, a little bit of a, a nuanced knowledge from Josh who says, Jonestown culture and Kool-Aid gets a bad rap. It wasn't Kool-Aid, it was Flavor-Aid. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and here at the end, Thank God for that. Uh, terrible, just terrible, uh, is, is okay. a- absolutely, uh, absolutely right. He says it wasn't the Kool-Aid, it was the cyanide that killed him. Um, he, the <sighs> funny thing is, there is a soft drink out there called Big Red. And okay. why they don't have official ties to, you know, like they could be an official uh, soft drink partner of the University of Nebraska. Well, there are many Big Reds, though. There's only one. Like Western, Western Kentucky bizarre mascot guy is Big Red. We should take their mascot. We should just put him side <laughs> Big Red, Little Red, and just have them both together. Okay, so we beat Iowa. We beat um, Iowa, and yep. it was rejoicing time, and it was funny. And, you know, the nicest thing, it's not just that we beat Iowa, but that we got a new coach in Wisconsin who got a new coach, and the Iowa fans are still stuck there with their – they're shitty for ranch team, quite frankly. I mean, they don't really... The, the good news for them is they don't have to go get annihilated by Michigan in the Big Ten uh, championship game. But they do still have to probably live with the fact that Kirk Ferenz and Brian Ferenz are going to be their coaches next year. And there's no way I, that I can see out of the hell for them. I mean, if Kirk Ferenz, you could say, well, he's going to retire. Okay, if he was going to retire... I would think they would have announced it by now or stepped down. If he does step down, does that mean Brian's going to be the head coach? God save him. And then, you know, even if he does and he waits till December, the end of December, the beginning of January, I mean, all the coaches are kind of hired. So, you know, Iowa is really screwed. And you know what? I want to see say that I feel bad for him in my most empathic, sympathetic moments I do, but I, I really don't. I don't. And And – they're in a again i i want to preface this all by saying i don't feel bad for them either um this is a a particular grave of their own doing uh but they will 
until Kirk decides he no longer wants to coach, they will they'll never move on. Like, like he's so ingrained in in that program because of Gary Barta that he would probably have to go winless two three years in a row. You know, um, and and but but to your point, I I see where. I see a situation where the rest of the Big Ten West, and, and I'll try to be nice and say maybe with or without Northwestern on that, is going to start, I think, rising above Iowa. And, and I think it's going to uh, – I'm not going to say it's they're going to be at the bottom of the West next year, but I think in the next three, four years, the, you're not going to see the Hawkeyes in, in any type of contendership. I really don't. Uh, and and this is not like th- this is not of respect that I say. This is just out of observation. Uh, I don't think Illinois is going anywhere. You know, uh, I, I think they'll only get better under Burt. Uh, Wisconsin, I feel, has an upward trajectory. I, we have an upward trajectory because we can't. I mean, I should knock on wood as I say this. We can't get much worse. <laughs> and then there's True. always Minnesota and and PJ Fleck has them, you know, at least it, holding steady, if not getting better. So I do feel like eventually if something drastic doesn't change in Iowa City, that the rest of the Big Ten West is going to pass Iowa by. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm just lost. It, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy, I'll tell you what. You know what I'm shocked by? Somebody just said Northwestern fired some of their assistants. I kind of figured that at the least Pat Fitzgerald would probably replace his defensive coordinator uh, because that's just not working out for them. Uh, let's see what else. The other thing I can't believe is that Indiana hasn't fired Tom Allen because uh, Indiana was, well, let's face it. I mean, it's basketball season. Nobody would notice. They literally could have fired Tom Allen two days ago and somebody would have gone, uh, did you send that out? No, I didn't send it out. It's basketball season. Who gives a shit? You know, but I think the Big Ten West is uh, the Big Ten West has been an embarrassment, to be honest with you. And I mean, Nebraska has been a big part of that embarrassment. Uh, Read the comments. Let's be honest. Cornesker Corner. Let's be honest. No one else in the Big Ten West is truly in a position to be great. Nebraska has just been slipping and teams have been getting off easy. That's true. People have been picking up wins against other teams that are really not very good. Uh, I, th- I think both uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska, you know, made the right moves. And we should see a lot of improvement for both those teams. Maybe we can be respectable next year. Van- Vanessa, uh, uh, with a empath- uh, uh, comment full of empathy, uh, she said it was actually pretty sad for Northwestern this year, especially sad we were their only win. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you talk about I and there's there's a I think the common consensus, at least among Husker fans, was that Nebraska treated the Ireland trip like a bowl game. You know, it was their bowl game, and maybe it was like that for Northwestern too. Maybe it was just the culmination of everything in the off season. They had one game where let they didn't play lights out. Um, but you know Nebraska helped them on onside kicks, you know things like that, uh, and, and and because of that they were able to get the win across the pond. 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, talk about the start of the of the Husker curse. You know, for opposing teams, you look at you look at them. You look at Oklahoma. Uh, you know, a few other examples there. Um, but they, you know, gosh, they had. I'm sure they had so much um, optimism when they when they flew back from from Dublin uh, all the way back in August that that um, you know they they gosh the rest of their season just went to hell. Yeah, it really did. I mean, they have a left tackle that's probably going to go in the top, you know, the first round of the draft. Other than that, uh, not much going on with Northwestern. So, okay, we beat Iowa, the Big Ten West. We, do we just what about Matt Rule? Is everybody is everybody all up to speed on Matt Rule? Does everybody know everything about Matt Rule? Uh, Pick some cool. questions. Take some questions. Yeah, you might. Uh, all right, let's start with uh, Matt Rule's coaching staff. Specifically, let's talk about his new strength coach. Uh, Logan Mason says, Husker's new strength coach puts Duvall to shame. Hope it translates to the field with the upgrade. Our strength and conditioning was the Achilles beyond our weakness at both lines. Good point from Logan. Um, and, and this is an I interesting – go ahead. I think that – you know, Zach Duvall was kind of this guy that apparently didn't share a lot of information about what he was trying to do or what he was doing, and I, I don't think you can do that when you're in his position. Like, it's some kind of secret fucking sorcery. It's strength and right. conditioning, for God's right. sakes. I, maybe everybody has different attitudes about stuff that needs to be done, but I think it was pretty clear that it wasn't working. I was surprised that Dave Ellis was gone. Dave Ellis is a nutritionist that's been around... Uh, he helped in the 90s. He's done work in uh, professional leagues. Uh, I'm, I'm think I'm, I really haven't looked at the assistant coaches we've hired yet. I keep waiting for everything to fill in, and then I'll go out. and You know, we have a long off-season ahead of us to research and to hire private investigators and find out all we need to know about these people. You know that are going to be playing football because uh, you know apparently nobody did that in the last four fucking years we were playing football bothered to report on anything they ever heard they just played monkeys to hear no evil see no evil fucking shit I'm kind of cranky ain't I do bit, I sound cranky you know why that is <laughs> because you can't you can't stay uh, on top of all the damn news that's coming through. Well, that's part of it. But the other, do you remember when you were young, Greg, and then football season would roll around and you'd been like screwing off all summer and you'd start lifting weights and your coach would go, okay, run a mile and a half or whatever the fuck it was, two miles, I can't remember. And then you go do that and you start lifting weights and you start beating each other up and your body would be sore as hell? No. Okay, well, it hurt. It, you know, it hurt a lot sometimes. <laughs> And it, the problem is, is if you try to do that shit when you're 60, just try to work out and do stuff. Uh, it it puts uh, it, when you're 18, if you thought it hurt, it, this hurts a hell of a lot more when you do this now. And God, I overdid it yesterday, and uh, because I think I'm an idiot. Well, I am an idiot. That's why I overdid it. So, my, my back and shoulders are my neck. <laughs> God, I sound like a whiny bastard, don't I? Okay. So I, anyway. I had this uh, uh, comment highlighted for a little while. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you... He, John's just been over Ralph, talking like he can't see it. <laughs> Ralph uh, Jesus says, 
Nebraska and Wisconsin hired CEO coaches shunning homers, Mickey, Joseph, and Leonard. Smart move, especially after Frost. I, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go to a customer site and meet with my Wisconsin guy, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of stuff to say. He did tell me earlier this week that there were a lot of fans in Wisconsin that were very upset that Jim Leonard wasn't picked, and uh, I get I'll find out more about that tomorrow. But I, you know, the funny thing is, is they were the same as we were. You know, they were very upset with their athletic director. Why hadn't he named Jim Leonard? Why if was he waiting? Why was he taking his time with this coaching hire? And everybody wanted to know. And, you know, and, and we, we were over here going insane. And, uh, you know, I mean, you hate to say this in the way that I'm going to say it. But the honest God truth is we avoided a complete disaster, which, you know, it's, it's really shitty this thinking of it that way. But it's the honest truth. That you know, Mickey might have been named head coach, and some of this stuff might have happened. And holy shit, that would have been an explosion. You would have looked at it and said, "Could we hit any rock bottom?" Or yes, that would have been worse. Uh, and I mean, it's still really crappy news because I think I've done it. You know, I I've sent some videos. You know, where I've said Mickey Joseph was going to be successful no matter where he was, and you know, ugh, that doesn't look too good right now. We've got some. Uh... Do we have somebody causing wreaking havoc? Okay. Oh, is it the Huskers blow guy? No, I, I don't care about that. I mean, idiots are going to have idiot opinions, so I don't. I mean, I'm not worried about that. Uh, but you mentioned rock bottom, and so did Blaine a little bit ago. Uh, gents, do you think Nebraska has hit rock bottom? Is there nowhere to go from here but up? If I'm, I'm like. If the coaching search would have gone the other way, you know, like like if, if, if Mickey would have been selected and then this would have happened, rock bottom times two, yeah. right? Because then, you know, then you're looking, you got to start the search all over again almost, almost immediately, you know. Um, so I... I would say we have probably been at our darkest point. You know what I mean? Um, and every time I want to say that, I I go, no, we don't say that because some other shit will happen next. And, you and know, something will happen every time we thought last year we thought we okay, this is the worst that could get, and, and then it and, wasn't. It let let me. I'll put that in in uh, for any. John, for you or, or anybody watching, listening, anybody who knows like a nurse, right? Especially like an uh, ER nurse. And and whenever they, they someone like a rookie utters those uh, faithful words of, gosh, sure is quiet tonight. And then all the veterans look around and, and look at, you know, him or her and be like, well, you've you done it. Now it's yeah. the, the, the uh, uh, ER is about to get slammed or whatever. That's kind of what it is, right? It's, it's, you're you're talking yourself out of a bad situation or into a bad situation by by you know thinking that you're not in a, a bad situation. Nebraska's been in a bad situation. I feel like, and I didn't watch all the the press conference. I, they had it at the Hawks Champion Center, right? Uh, the, the big press conference, at, and I saw one of the pictures, and there was pyro, and I'm like. 
Seems like an awful lot of production effort for in introducing a new coach to a four and eight football team. <laughs> like, well, you know, you want to make it fun. I understand that to a point. I do. I understand that to a point. But at the same time, it's. I, I don't know. I, yeah, listen, Greg, you got a guy that does that. What's he supposed to do? You look over there and go, no, you can't do it this time. No, you can't do it this time. No, you can't do it this time. He's like, fuck you. I'm blowing up your car. You know what I mean? You mean you gotta the pyro guy's got a pyro and, and you have to give him an excuse to do something. Otherwise, it goes <laughs> in bad ways. That's a very good point. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're doing it for the pyro guys. Everybody has their part, and they must be used, and they must feel needed. So there's the guy. Uh, his press conference, did you watch his press conference? Because Todd didn't the other night. He was worthless to me about that. I just mentioned I, I only caught bits and pieces. Oh, my God. What, what the hell? John, I've got a full-time job, man. Oh, yeah, that. I have a full-time job. I just yeah, don't have you, anything else to do. <laughs> I don't have, have small children. from home, right? Well, you, sometimes. I'm going to go to a customer site tomorrow. <laughs> that should be, that should be a um, okay. Well, let, do we want to talk about Matt Rule, or do we want to laugh a little bit more at Iowa's expense? I'm fine with both. Matt, Matt Rule. I okay. Think, yeah. So are we done talking about Iowa? Yeah, I mean, there's not much else there to say. Alex Padilla, their backup quarterback, went into the portal because it's like, why the fuck would I stay here anymore? Right. I think you, I think there's a lot of people that go are like, oh, what players are Nebraska going to lose now? What players are going to go in the portal? I think it'll be interesting to see what other teams lose portal, lose portal players because, let's face it, Purdue, 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 Good God, <laughs> Purdue is in the Big Ten title game for one for one for a big, very big reason, and that's because Iowa lost Charlie Jones last year. They lost two of their receivers to Purdue, who went to Purdue and did things that they, you know, where they got yards and they scored points and they they did what we call production, and that's a big part of Purdue being in the Big Ten uh, title game. So. It'll be interesting to see who just runs away from that sinking ship. I guess that's the last uh, thing I'd say about Iowa. I, I echo uh, some of the uh, comments that I've uh, highlighted and then moved on. Um, move, moved on from uh, Iowa does have bad corn. I'm just going to say, ha ha, Iowa. You suck. I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> See, it's just, I mean, if you think Nebraska's bad, boy, look at Iowa. So. Sorry, I'm bouncing around here looking at what's going on out there. I'll tell you what, uh, the, the YouTube commenters are uh, a little nutty tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay, 3.09 left in the first period. Nebraska is down to Boston College 33-28. to uh, I see that Derek Walker only has two points, and uh, I, I don't know why that is because we're doing this instead of watching the game. It, it, it's all my fault, folks. It is all my fault. I said, John, Wednesday night works better for me than Thursday night, and instead of putting his foot down and saying, you better figure out Thursday night, he said, okay. Well, I, 
yeah. I figured we better talk about this right now. I thought maybe it was a good time to let it settle, but then I thought let's just get into it and you know get the Mickey Joseph stuff out of the way. There's nothing really we can do f- about it. Uh, I do see. I will say this for a number of commenters: stop blaming his wife. We don't know shit about their relationship. You reading into stuff that she has tweeted, or and maybe projecting your own relationships on it. Uh, just stop doing that, okay? And let's move back on to Matt Rule. Matt Rule showed Matt himself Rule to be was a- announced the head coach <laughs> of the Nebraska football team Saturday morning and and uh, officially, and he was introduced in grand fashion with a. Uh, a, arriving with athletic director Trev Alberts in a deluxe uh, blacked out tinted window deluxe uh, minivan uh, that puts mine to shame let me tell you uh, that, that <sighs> happened on Monday he was introduced uh, in a very long uh, I guess a question and answer session what my takeaways were uh, is that, like, look, he's not going to come in here and bury the program. It's, you know, that, that's stupid. I mean, we're not, let, let's be realistic, but he at least feigned appreciation and reverence for, for what Nebraska was and and I think set realistic expectations. He's like, look, we're probably not going to get back to the glory day, you know, the, the, the promised land next year. It's going to take some time, but we'll, he's like, I'm very confident that Nebraska will come back. And that, that's, <sighs> you know what I mean? Is, is that not, and he talked about, uh, the commenters will know uh, what I'm talking about. You appreciate his passion for offensive line play and, and the comments that he made about, look, nine times out of ten, the team with the better quarterback is going to win the game, you know? Um, that was a good line. His and, best line was the was the one about the line. Yes, a hundred percent. And and so, like, and you know what? I I respected the blue suit. All right, I have one similar. I I call it my Nebraska suit. It's got a very nice red lining on the inside. It's custom made, wheeling and dealing for uh, the, the guy from the six one eight here. But uh, uh, I. I feel like he's a going to uh, take it seriously, and I feel like he's putting a, a, a staff around him that is going to uh, elevate the program. You know what I mean? I, you know, the staff guys. I think he's bringing out. I know that we know the offensive coordinator is going to be Marcus uh, Satterfield from South Carolina. Uh, keep in mind, I've said this before. People don't like their offensive coordinators. They just don't. Uh, you know, they they're they're always we're always hindsight people. You know, we hate them when they line up uh, in the shotgun on fourth and one, whether they get it or not. Everybody hates that. So I think that, you know, after, like I said, after the coaching settles down, I'll probably go out and try to find out more about the assistants rather than just, you know, what you're going to see in Wikipedia or the papers, stuff like that. We'll go find some people that have worked with them or talked to them or dealt with them and uh, have more to say on it later. But 
I, we got a defensive line run coach whose nickname is Pot Roast, so I, yeah, it sounds at least it sounds good. It sounds like fun. It sounds like it's going to be a long time before we actually see anything happen. That's really what the sad part of this is. The 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 downside is that these changes always come at the end of the season, uh, meaning we have a long off season again. <laughs> you know, um, I'm. I'm Intrigued by the fact that it, it was announced on Saturday after he was introduced that he had offered uh, his, I, I guess technically his first official scholarship offer to uh, a kid. So, I mean, that's wait, no, talk about wasting no time, right? Yeah, and I, I think we've heard that he likes to offer. Uh, track guys, and that's the, who the first offer went. He, uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to – I think the big one that everybody's waiting to see what happens with is Malachi Coleman, the kid from Lincoln, who was a highly rated recruit. And, you know, again, all of this stuff is wait and see. We did spend so much time and effort, and honest to God, I mean, there were 22,000 people on the live stream on YouTube for Matt Rule's uh, – his press conference and the chat was just flying, flying and flying by. And there was so many, co and I was on there and there were so many posts about Mickey, 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 are we going to find out with what's going to happen with Mickey? And, you know, unfortunately now it's taken out of our hands or it's taken out of everybody's hands. You know, it's, it's a done deal. So all this worrying and all this fretting kind of was for nothing. So I, I can say this, we have a lot of football players on this team, and I'm guessing in the next few days, not necessarily even because of what's happened with Mickey Joseph or because we have a new coach, we're going to see a lot of guys transfer. And, you know, Scott brought in for whatever reason, uh, that other guy that we fired brought in for whatever reason, I you know, wanted to have 150 people on the roster, which was, in hindsight, kind of really dumb. But... You'd, all those guys are, you know, at least 40 to 50 of those guys are going to leave just because it's too many people to have on a roster. So I wouldn't freak out about any of it. We're, you know, I, I don't need to be really rude, but I'll be really blunt. They didn't win games. So, I mean, how many of them do you really want back? You know, Casey Thompson you want back. Trey Palmer's going to go to the NFL. Uh, you'd like to see the receivers and the running backs come back. A.J. Allen, bring him back, please. Uh, Ramir Johnson, love to see him back. Alante Brown, Marcus Washington. Uh, Vokalek's going to be gone because he's just, uh, he's a senior. He's uh, 43 years old. <laughs> we don't know who the defensive coordinator is yet. You guys are asking. I think that'll be a big key. I think the biggest shame, and I mentioned, some of you noted that I was on Corn Craze shows last night. I think the biggest key with losing Mickey Joseph was not just that, oh my God, it's Mickey Joseph and we loved him. I guess I shouldn't say that in past tense, like he's dead or something. But um, I think the biggest key to this is somebody needs to stay around that's going to be able to talk to Matt Rule and the existing coaches that he's going to hire about who these kids are as people. You know, because you can't just, they, I, I, when I started coordination, I decided that I would read all I could about college football. And through the years, I have read way too many coach books and books about coaches. And I can tell you, 
one thing that stands out to me about the ones that are successful and the ones that aren't. The ones that are successful are the ones that treat everyone the same. That they treat all of their players the same. They don't make excuses for stars. They don't give them rides. They don't, you know, make, ex they don't get them out of like punishment, stuff like that. The bad ones are the ones that aren't great. They're the ones that do all sorts of shit that, you know, oh, you don't have to do this because you're my star receiver. Oh, it's okay. You know, and that's where you get in trouble. That's where you get, well, that's where you get Art Bryles in 54 cases of sexual assault at Baylor. That's where New Rick Neuheisel is not a coach anymore because he sucked at that. So, <laughs> so what you want is a coach. What you want is a coach who understands all the personalities of the players. Right, we go back to Osborne so many times. That guy had he had specific staff members who would tell him this guy has a problem or that guy's needs motivated in this way, stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Bill Bush will come back, and it'd be nice to see one coach at least stay that could ease him through that transition process. High Mountain guy says, "Guess this could have to be you, John. Step up and get it done." <laughs> You've been volunteered for the role, for the position. Volunteer? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a paid volunteer. It's fine. Okay. Uh, I, I think Kingsley here has a good question, though. Yeah. Could Do you think a player could be that person? Like a captain? Like a, um, you know, I, I was talking with a friend of the show, Josh, and, and we were talking about, you know, names that you, you know, guys who, who could step up and, and be, you know, Who's going to be – hell, maybe I talked to Josh. Maybe I talked to you last week on the show. I don't know. i got a bad memory. But it's, you know, it's like a Casey Thompson or a Garrett Nelson. And who's going to be that piece of glue that's going to, you know, hold some of these guys and, and you know, be able to, you know, ferry some of this information? I, I see people are saying Rayola. They are keeping Rayola. They can't keep him. No, they're not keeping him. I think I, my I God. Think they I, are you familiar with You think Sarkis? so? Yeah. You they sure? Come on. They, they, they can't. They can't. I mean, my God, our offensive line couldn't recognize their fronts that they had to block. It so, so it, was, it was terrible. It, it was, was it, it was tragically bad. Not comically bad, which you can actually yeah. enjoy from time to time. It was tragically bad. I mean, honestly, if you want to see guys leave that you don't want to leave, uh, go ahead and keep rail and see how many of the offensive line go, fuck this shit, I'm not doing this anymore. And they got get the hell out of there. We don't recruit any. Because if we, listen, here's the thing with Rayola. How many offensive linemen did we recruit since he's been here that actually showed up, did anything on the field whatsoever? We had two tackles. We had tackles. We had no tackles. We had a bunch of guys playing tackle that couldn't even play tackle. What the hell? How would you ever think that that guy had could stay and be an offensive line coach? Uh, if there's one thing I'm going to, you know, if there's one thing I would just keep up with the whole there is no hope, fuck everything line, it would be if, if that Royola guy stated as our offensive line coach. That's how you know that we're talking about being at uh, rock bottom. <laughs> Vanessa says, John, John, are you hungry? You're not yourself. You know, I hungry. actually... Ha have a Snickers. <laughs> I, I will have a, uh, a, a lozenge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a very filling lozenge. 
Uh, Logan coming in with a, a tidbit of wisdom that Rule did offer a lineman in the portal out of Rhode Island that could be promising. So. <sighs> it's halftime. Nebraska is up 37-34 to 34 on Boston College. Fantastic. And I've got to say this. I agree with John. I'm sorry, you're John. I agree with Josh. Red-ass John is the best John. Now, John, speaking of red, you're wearing a very nice red hoodie. I am. Where where can someone find a, a, a hoodie like that? They can go to cobbycorn.com and there's 15% off till December 11th. 15% you know off till December do? 11th? Yeah, you could go to that and sign up for the, there's an email list thing you can sign up for it. I'll email discounts to people. Maybe I'll do a giveaway before Christmas. We should give something away for Christmas. But, but coming back to your red ass, uh, are you wearing matching bottoms tonight? No, I am not. Okay. Are you? I, I, I'm concerned you had to look down. Are you wearing bottoms tonight? <laughs> it's 17. Wait a minute. It's yeah. No, it's 16 degrees outside. So you know we don't folks, keep our house that warm. Folks, he can he can tell how cold it is by looking down. <laughs> if, if he can't I'm looking see it, at my Apple cold. Watch, for God's sake. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, but well, let's talk about the merch because uh, Sam Matney asked earlier in the show. The Coronation merch is true to size. He needs to know for some gifting. True to size. I mean, like, what is, is it that? Two X, a, a true two X. Is it? Is it? Uh, you know, does it run big? Does it run? Uh, you know, I don't know. I get larges, and they're always larges. There's a sizing. A lot of those have sizing charts that I put in there, and you can look at the sizing okay. charts. Speaking of Sam, I actually, you know what? I actually put up bandanas today, so you can buy a bandana for yourself or your pet. I, uh, we're we're gonna get to a couple shout-outs here real quick, uh, but I, I was on Coronation, and it, I think I was working on the article from a couple nights ago, something like that, with the, uh, um, from from John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy. And it was a picture from, from the merch store, from copycorn.com, uh, and it was the yoga pants. And my wife was walking by. I said, honey, what do you think? Get you some of these yoga pants? And she very emphatically said no. So, what the hell? She said she doesn't of wear... All the stories you t- of all the stories you tell, that's the one you pick? I, I think what we need to do is all the copy corn, uh, uh, all of the copy designs are on white, and she doesn't wear white yoga pants. So if we put them on black, maybe we got, you know, we got to diversify you know, our, our offering. They're all over print designs is what it is. It's a different type of designing things. I'm still getting used to how this works. By the way, at halftime, Kase Tominaga is five for five for field goals, two for two for three pointers, and five for five for three points or for free throws. And he has 17 points. So he is hitting 100% of his shots. That is uh, that is really nice to see. Uh, Derek Walker still only has I don't see the minutes played, but you know Derek Walker is a huge part of this team, and I hope that he's not uh, injured or anything again. I don't know what's going on with the game, but Walker needs to stay around through this whole season. Okay, okay. Uh, Vanessa is on board with what my wife said. No woman wants white yoga pants and, and do better. So maybe is that we true? Do- uh, I, you're asking. I mean, I'm just reading what Vanessa said. I trust her opinion. Um, I'll tell you what, Vanessa. 
Go to the Cobby Corn website. Put your put your name in the subscription list, and I will email you for advice because I need some. This is good. Oh, okay. Good. Kingsley Gibson says Derek Walker two early fouls. Okay, it's a. Well, that uh, would. Be... I, I think Vanessa's just uh, worked her way into a paid uh, consultant uh, position. So, um, a couple of quick shout-outs. We wanted, we mentioned Sam who asked about the uh, uh, Cobby Corn. Uh, merch, but he also wanted uh, you specifically. He says, "Hey John, not Hey John and Greg. That's fine. Uh, hey John, can you give a shout out uh, to his favorite father, who is one of our regulars uh, living in Omaha, David Matney? John, please give him a shout out as only you can." Hey, you know, I appreciate both of you guys being here, the Matneys, because uh, I know if my son showed up in this thing, it would just be constant abuse, and I'd probably have to block him. Either one of my sons would show up here. I'd probably have to block him for being abusive. So it's nice that you're here together. It really is. And then uh, I had a text message earlier uh, in the evening from one of our coordination staff, uh, Mr. Patrick Gerhardt, who says, a friend of mine from college in Colorado listens to the guys every week. Could we give a shout-out to Dan Falter of Greeley? So, uh, yes, we can. Hello, Dan. We're sorry you live in Colorado. Did you know that there are <laughs> other states? Even if you moved north to Wyoming, you'd be better off than living in godforsaken Colorado. Colorado, <laughs> worse than Kansas. Wow. Okay, Corey Campbell's personnel scouting Omar Hales. I was looking at the coaches to see if I knew anything about them. I don't know anything. We're going to have to look out. Oh, my God. Greg, can you give a shout-out to my favorite author, John Dam Johnston? He's been dead but hasn't been to Europe or Paris. Great book. Get it on Kindle now. Yeah. Wow, Hi. this is very nice. Hi, John. I guess Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming, and Ben Dead never been to Europe makes a terrific stocking stuffer, and also there you go. manage your damage uh, is available as well. John's uh, uh, sophomore effort, uh, not sophomoric, is in sophomoric humor, but his his encore uh, to his uh, authorship debut, which was Ben Dead never been to Europe. Uh, please support John the author because if he makes enough money as an author, he doesn't have to. Uh, uh, make white yoga pants for women. And as we've learned, <laughs> that's a no-no. <laughs> I'm going to go out and ask now about the whole white yoga pants thing. I, I You know, I don't know anything about fashion, so... Um, I mean, that's true. So, I've seen... I've seen your do-rag of power, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, let's... Uh, oh, well, now, wait a minute. Hold on. This is important. What's Vanessa wants to know, John, would you autograph her white yoga pants? This is dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. I think you Yes, the answer is yes, I I would autograph your white yoga pants. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into hell advocate. now, aren't I? I'm gonna play the devil's advocate. Would you autograph them before they shipped? Yes. Okay. That's normally how you do these things. Sometimes, the, you, you know, I, it's not happened to me that, see, uh, Blaine is, is right where I was thinking while she's wearing them. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you get a, a, a nice shirt, you get autographed. Anyway, 
All right. We should probably... Okay. Uh, go back to sports? Yes. Yes. Uh, now you're you just... I'm when, going to hell now. Do you remember when Nebraska beat Iowa last Friday? That was fantastic. Yes. It was. Yet would, the bad I, thing is, is we have to wait months for another game. And, and the first game of next year will be in Minnesota. Are you going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I mean, you know, you didn't invite me, so. Well, here's the thing. With the next game being in Minnesota, I mean, we are we have talked. I've talked to Patrick a little bit about maybe we should get uh, have some kind of meetup in Lincoln uh, during baseball season. And then, I, listen, whenever Nebraska plays in Minnesota, the Minnesotans for Nebraska, I know some of the people that organize and run that, uh, we typically all meet at the Mall of America the Friday night before the game. So I'm sure that they'll be doing uh, doing that, you know, next year when we when we start the season. So, uh, oh, Blaine. Or, or, oh, you want me to I, – I saved that for later, but I'll highlight it now since we're already 49 minutes into this thing. Blaine Cole from Japan says, it's the end of an era, best and worst memories of the last few years. You know, I saw that the Omaha paper did some stuff about, you know, best games or worst moments or things like that, and I thought, you know, I just really want to forget this. I mean, for me personally, you know, I've enjoyed, you know, doing some of the coverage of this stuff. You know, the being on the field in Minnesota, put this way, being on the field in Minnesota and then seeing that that video exploded uh, was a huge shock. I mean, I never expected that to happen. I got, you know, I, I got plenty of accolades and I got plenty of shit for it. So <laughs> I guess that would be one of the... And the thing is, is I live in the Twin Cities, so... Like they played it on the radio up here. Did they? I really? mean, they obviously, yeah. They, they. Well, my sons texted me. They played it on ninety three X, which is a hard rock station. Which I was like, wow, what the hell? I think they played it on one of the sports stations. They obviously had to bleep out parts of it. But you know that whole thing. Uh, I guess that would probably be the better moment. I mean, Nebraska. I the thing is, is. You know, Nebraska winning the Big Ten under Will Bolt's first season. Uh, the COVID area era was a real... To talk. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to football? talk. Football? Football. Why? Why? Because that's the era, specifically the Blazers. Okay. That, that ended. I mean, you know, the, the, the worst memory is, is we didn't have a single signature win ever. I, no, I know Blaine, that... Blaine said every single score loss. Um, Josh, uh, I, was, I didn't highlight, but but Josh said uh, uh, when they voted to not go to the bowl game, if you, you know, and I guess it was the COVID year 2020. I'm going to talk about, this is sad, because this isn't even on the field, but the unbridled optimism we had five years ago now, <laughs> you know, when, when, you know, AP Coach of the Year uh, was, was coming to Nebraska, he was coming home, uh, the, I don't know, just the, the enthusiasm that we had, we were all united, and, and maybe there were a few naysayers in there who were, who were you know, saying, oh, it's too small of a staff. Obviously, they were right, you know, but, 
you know, uh, but just that that excitement that we had when all, when the announcement was was made, and Haas and I were joking, uh, probably right here on this show on on the Five Heart Podcast uh, at that time before we were in this particular uh, uh, you know format, the, the live format, obviously. But we we're like, yeah, you know. Uh, 2022 national championship will be down there in uh, New Orleans. You know, like that was, that was, and, and, and David's David's with me. I, I appreciate the uh, the 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 backup, uh, but there was like we were all doing that Vince McMahon strut when he said, you know, hopefully the Big Ten's going to have to adapt to us. Now again, yeah. Hindsight being twenty twenty, we know none of that happened. But for for that off season, we were, I felt like, you know, we we were going places. So yeah, I don't disagree with Matt. I do feel like Scott owes us all uh, a a twelve pack of recompense. So and and Vanessa's saying, yeah, but we get to pick the beer. So, no Bush Light. All right? Everybody, across the board, we're making him buy Kraft Micro Brew, very expensive 12-pack beer, because he can afford it. Remember, we paid him $7.5 million just to go away. So, we get to pick the beer. Oh, and it's got to be expensive. you know i'm you know what i'm looking forward to most sleep no just forgetting all of this honestly it really i mean i've already tried to just here's the thing with the brain injury part of my life i really have to focus on what's important and then everything else i purposely do not remember i i am really looking forward to the next few months and just fleshing all of the shit from the last five years out of my brain so that when people next year go, I remember that time we lost that by one score to Michigan? No, I won't. I won't. Because I'll have, I'll have fucking taken those memories and just sh- poop them out of my brain in uh, somewhere. They just go away. Because I don't have to think about that shit anymore. There are, I mean, there are a lot of ways or, or reasons why I envy you, John. First of all, nobody's a silver uh, fox like you're a silver fox. And, and that's important. Um, but you know, how, how you, just how you relayed your processing uh, of, of data, you know, your internal process. I, you know, almost feel like you can select what to keep and whatnot for some reason. And it's not on purpose, but like so much of my, you know, it, it like I auto eject so much <laughs> of, of this the stuff that I take in. So I, I don't know. It's, um. Yeah, there's, there's, there. The Scott Frost era will be it's forever etched in stone, but I'm ready to move on. You know, we've got Matt Rule, we've got a guy who, uh, sure as hell, sounds competent in front of a microphone. You know, and and that's kind of refreshing. Um, he and and I guess let's you know let's take the end of the show in in, in that kind of positive uh, direction. He, he can. Now, is this an, an automatic, you know, coach of the year type of uh, skill? Probably not. But 
he's good with the microphone, good in front of the crowd and the media. I, I've been pinning a few messages here, so I do want to get to them. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Mike Corrigan said, Rule said to the team when he met with them, you did not choose me. Uh, and Rule will fashion his offense to work with what is here now. That is also new. You know, like we haven't seen that. I mean, it, it's a new it's it, concept for Nebraska because we haven't seen it. it. I feel like for the last 15 years, maybe longer, we've tried yeah. to shoehorn a, a a scheme into the personnel that's here. Excuse me, rather than building a scheme around the talent that you have. So, uh, John, your thoughts just on on this new approach to coaching. Well, he did say that. I mean, he said he was going to fashion his offense around the people to the players he had as he transitions to getting his players. Uh, I, you know, it just sounds like it would be dumb to do otherwise, to be honest with you. I mean, you never get the players you want. And he also said, he, I mean, he said, when you take the three things, let's take three of those things he said together. Okay, number one, he said stuff about the offensive line. You have to win with the offensive, the lines are the most important aspect of football, right? He said that. He said the team with the best quarterback generally wins. And they said, I'm going to fashion, you know, I'm going to change my offense to fit the players I have. So those three things kind of indicate that he's around fundamental football. That doesn't mean necessarily run uh, the ball all the time or just do smash mouth stuff like Mark D'Antonio did at, at Michigan State, if you remember that offense. But I, I do think it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, but I think it gives you a clue as what, to what is important to him to win. So uh, I brought this up last night. Uh, I think it's crazy. Yeah, I think this is key. There's one thing that I, that is very key about a coach that's going to win. I said earlier that the best coaches recognize that they have to treat everybody the same. I think one of the other... Oh, my God, it just flew out of my head. What the hell was I going to say? Change. Change is important. Okay, coaches that are willing to change throughout their process, those guys are the ones that are generally going to be the better coaches. You looked at Tom Osborne... Tom Osborne kept going down to Florida and getting his ass kicked. He changed the defense from a 5-2 to a 4-3. They made changes to the offensive blocking scheme so that their running game was even better. But he recognized he had to change, right? He originally started doing, like, the option to compete with the wishbone stuff from Oklahoma. So the guy was constantly changing and changing what he was going to do. Uh, Matt Rule, I think, went through a few offensive coordinators at Carolina Panthers before he was maybe going to find one that worked. I don't know. I've heard that Carolina, he wasn't really the problem and that the owner was the problem. It's kind of like the Detroit Lions. Are they ever going to be good? But I think you compare that to like Bo Pelini. If you remember, Bo Pelini kept getting blown out, and then some guy in the media go, well, do you think your defense is a problem? And he constantly said, no, my defense isn't a problem. Well, yeah, it fucking was. You wouldn't change it. And it kept getting destroyed. And, you know, if you don't recognize you need to change what you're doing or at least look at it and evaluate yourself from an unbiased position, uh, you're not going to get any better. That goes for everything, you know. So I think that's going to be important to see where Matt Rule can be able to 
uh, adjust to his players and then adjust to see, you know, when he looks at guys and says, okay, my quarterback can throw really good outs and throw really good slants, but he can't throw 30 yards down the field that well. Okay, that's that's changed what we're doing. So, yeah, I don't know. Here's something amazing. Maybe if you don't have two offensive tackles that can block, you always have an outlet or you more run more screens. Good God. Anyway. Let's uh, move on to some more of these pinned uh, comments. Uh, Ralph said earlier in the show, uh, the athletic uh, sports writer Stuart Mandel, uh, uh, by the way, as I'm reading this, I, I realize I'm no longer visible, which is probably happy for everybody. Uh, updates the, the Big Ten uh, best coaches. It's got uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan at number one, Ryan Day at Ohio State number two. Luke Fickle coming into the conference as the third best uh, coach in the conference of Wisconsin, James Franklin, then Matt Rule, the new addition uh, at Nebraska number five, Jeff Brom, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Burt Bielema at number eight, and then I can't see any more of the comment, and neither can you, <laughs> but there are other coaches. I think it said P.J. Fleck number 10, um, Let's see. Here we go. Uh, I can't. I can read it, but you can't. So my apologies to you all. We've got uh, uh, Kirk Ferentz at seven, Bert uh, at uh, eight, PJ Fleck at number nine, Mel Tucker at number ten, and Pat Fitzgerald number eleven, Mike Loxley Maryland number twelve, Greg Schiano at, at Rutgers number thirteen, and then Tom Allen at uh, the bottom of the barrel. So. I think Luke Fickle. I'd probably. I wouldn't disagree with Stuart Mandel. I think he's right more than he's wrong. But uh, I think Wisconsin, I, I think what will be interesting to watch at Wisconsin is if they limit him. Because we look at Tom Osborne a lot and we go, okay, is he interfering? And he always goes, well, I'm not going to interfere. And, well, f- bullshit, whatever. Even just by saying stuff and even talking, you're influencing what's going on because people still want to hear from you. Okay, you look at that influence, and then you look at uh, Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez, and you kind of go, okay, is Grandpa still dictating what you're going to run for an offense? Because you look at all their coaches. Like Gary Anderson got up and left one time. Paul Christ decided to be fired in the middle of a season. Yeah, and I think he, you know, the AD did fire him, but he kind of was like, what are you doing, Paul? Well, just fucking fire me, you asshole. I, honestly, I think that's kind of how that went down. But I I think Wisconsin, you know, Burt left, Brett Bellema left because they wouldn't give him money for assistance. So I think Wisconsin is going to be, are they really going to take the shackles off their football program or are they going to limit him? So that's where Luke Fickle is for me. All right. I've got uh, kind of back-to-back questions here from two different commenters. I want to flash up on the screen here. Uh, Andrew said earlier, as an outsider, I'm curious, what is the end goal with Matt Rule in the next five years? But before we answer that, uh, Mike, with a a similar question, I think, uh, says, do you think Nebraska will give a coach long enough for a rebuild? Uh, It said, you know, it took seven years for Harbaugh to win the game. So we're – Will we have the patience? It, and I'm not saying that Michigan and, and Nebraska were in similar positions. I don't, I don't think they were. Michigan was fairly consistently winning games and, and going to bowls with the uh, the big, you know, one that he couldn't win, which was until, you know, this past Saturday being uh, the game against Ohio State. So we're not entirely comparing apples and apples here, but... I, I do feel 
that if Rule can get the team winning games, you know, being competitive, being bowl eligible, and competing for the West, then, you know, if it takes six, maybe seven years to win the conference, that's... And I know we're heading in a direction where the Big Ten's moving to pods and not divisions. So, you know, forgive me for my, you know, soon-to-be-outdated terminology. But if if we're consistently – if we get to, you know, in a couple years, we're winning bowl games, then a couple years after that, we're 9, 10, 11 wins uh, a year, I think there's going to be a long leash. I I don't think we – and unlike – Harbaugh and Michigan, Nebraska doesn't have a game that they, you know, because they, we don't have a rival that, like, we hate and, you know, we got to win this game every year. We're at a point where we just need to start winning games with with great frequency, kind of a lot, you know. So I'm, it's not, there's not that pressure to make sure that you can win all these games, but if you lose the one, you're out on your ass. There's not that pressure at Nebraska. It's win as many games as you can every year and then contend for the conference championship. I'll tell you what happens in in year five of Matt Rule. Here's what's going to happen. In year three, we're going to start competing for the Big Ten title. Year four, we're going to be very, very good, and we're going to start being in the college football playoff. In year five, we're going to start out so good that other states want to become part of Nebraska. And instead of having to invade them and take them over and make them like Nebraska, like you would as a normal conqueror, we will just like look at Kansas and say, yeah, fuck you. You can't. We're not going to let you be part of Nebraska. Colorado, they got mountains. We'd love to have mountains in Nebraska. You can be part of part of Nebraska, but a half of your citizens have to move. And we, of course, we take both of the Dakotas. By God, they have the nukes. <laughs> and when it comes to Iowa, I mean, we're going to look at Iowa and go, eh. and then it's going to have to go up for a vote because. You know, we'll have to actually let people that are, you know, citizens of the expanding state of Nebraska choose whether or not they want to have Iowa join the expanding empire of Nebraska. And that's how good Matt Rule is going to be by year five. I think as we're going around <laughs> and we, uh, uh, what's the what's the word in like uh, medieval times when you, when you took over a, a rival kingdom or something and you, uh, uh, I don't know. You, you acclimate them to your whatever it is. Uh, we 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 surround Iowa, so we have both the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, and then it's it's all this red, and in the, this one little speck of of Iowa crap, annexation. Thank you, Owen Walker. Send, <laughs> send that man some pipeline jerky today. Uh, yes, we annex all the states around Iowa, uh, and and oh, this is this is great. Um, that that'd be that'd be the way to do it. I don't know where I was going with that. I like the I like the I like every bit of conquering our surrounding states. Yeah, growing the footprint, growing the pipeline, growing the talent pool. No longer, no longer would five hundred mile radius be around Lincoln, Nebraska. Nay, nay. Because when we annex the likes of Illinois, we would have a 500-mile radius from Chicago. 
when we annexed Colorado, we'd have a 500-mile radius from Denver. Just saying. Anything's possible when you <laughs> annex the Midwest. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. A couple more pin things here, and then we want to talk about the conference championship this weekend. Uh, no offense, um, Josh, I think we're going to uh, skip your question about the governor's involvement because I don't know anything about that. Oh, wait. You know what? You, gotta, you guys need to remember this. Jim Pillum was a regent, right? So the governor of Nebraska was a regent previously to becoming governor. I think it's going to be interesting to see what influence or how he treats the University of Nebraska going forward from here. I'll just make that comment. Um, I don't know a lot about him, but I, you know, the honest to God truth is I get email alerts from the Lincoln Journal Star. I probably get more news out of Nebraska than I do out of Minnesota. Uh, 14 13 left. Nebraska is up by 10, 46 to 36. Uh, Boston College has made only two points in the second half. The other thing I will say, and this is serious, is USC and UCLA are going to join our conference. I think our attitudes about what makes a winning season are going to have to change in the next few years. Where we look at 9-3 and three and we go, that was a very successful season because I think all of college football will probably get more competitive. Um, I, I, you know, I think if the whole stacking, let's stack players on a team, continues... Um, I think that something would have to happen there. I don't know. It'd be boring. I'm guessing it will. I'll think about it. it remind me to come up with that topic off-season or something. That's a good off-season topic. Because then if we annex California, 500-mile radius from Los Angeles, <laughs> we can go get Aquaman finally. So, <laughs> All right. Let's get to, um, let's get to this long-pinned... A message from Vanessa. Can we talk about Michigan Purdue, or did we? We we have not. We we hadn't gotten that far yet. So, um, yeah. Let, let, that didn't mean to hide that. Yeah, I mean conference championship game. Look, let let's call it what it is. Michigan tuning up for the playoff. Purdue not standing a chance. Yeah, I you know. I, you know, Aiden O'Connell apparently, I think, lost his brother and still went and played in that game to get them to the Big Ten title game. That's a lot of fortitude for a kid. I mean, uh, hats off to that guy. I think that if I was Purdue, I, I would constantly run. I, Michigan has to do something about Charlie Jones. I think the Mich Purdue's defensive line can stand up to Michigan for a while, but Purdue is going to have to to keep them. You know, Purdue's going to have to score points to keep up with them because I don't think that Michigan will big play them to death as much as they did Ohio State, which was very shocking. But I think that also Michigan is going to have to do something about Charlie Jones with that comeback route where he constantly picks up first downs. And if you're Purdue, you go into this game with two attitudes. You go in and you say, we're not going to turn the ball over. We're going to protect the ball as much as we can. Obviously, that's true for every game. But secondly, we're just going to try to make first downs and keep Michigan's offense off the field. Because uh, what, what happened recently? Oh, come on, last few days. Cade McNamara entered the transfer portal. 
right? So J.J. McCarthy, I think that's the guy's name, is their starting quarterback. And he's he's been playing very well, and he's very good. But if anything happens to that guy, now what happens? I don't know if Cade McNamara is, is entering the transfer portal after this game or before it, but uh, he's not going to be there. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I... I I, the honest to God truth is Michigan should just get absolutely completely destroy Purdue, but I don't know. Will they? I don't know. Joel Tilson makes a good point. Michigan will wear out Purdue in the second half. I mean, Purdue or Michigan has been a just an ass kicking second half team all year long. Okay, <laughs> Greg, I talked enough. I was just jeez. Uh... Our friends at Cornhusker Corner, and I only say that because I feel like Cornhusker Corner would be a good bar somewhere or, or a nice little shop uh, where you can get some knickknacks and some tchotchkes. Uh, but it says Purdue's the one team in the West that's built to sort of make things interesting against Michigan. That being said, Cornhusker Corner has Michigan by 35. You're right. The, the common thread throughout the comments here has been Michigan just – wearing them down in the second half. And, and, and it Did you, becoming a, a, a one-sided affair after halftime. You know what the other interesting news was today, Greg? Hmm. The news that Ohio State said that they don't want to go to the Rose Bowl. If they don't get into the college football playoff, they do not want to go to the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl can have Penn State instead. This is a Big Ten team, the biggest name in the Big Ten, arguably, and they're saying no to the Rose Bowl. Yes, Greg? Do you think that people are finally realizing that the Rose Bowl is overrated? I, I don't think we can say that as a Big Ten thing. It's against the law. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, uh, our our you know our, our basketball writer Kevin Knight would would uh, I was gonna say something bad, but or I was gonna say something, but it's very bad and, and, and untimely. Um, but I I will say that the the Rose Bowl experience I don't think is is at, like. The, the Big Ten, the, the conference's ties to the Rose Bowl and how it prioritizes that, I don't, like, here's the thing. If I'm Ohio State, would I rather be in the college football playoff? Yes. But there does have a certain amount of prestige with the Rose Bowl. What would they rather do? Like, what, if they don't go to the Rose Bowl in this college football, or, or you know, if it's not the college football playoff, it's not the Rose Bowl, where are they going to go to, like, the, the Yankee Stadium pinch trouble? Like, the, the, Nashville Music City. I don't know. Why would you... This is what frustrates me with that 2020 decision by, by Nebraska to not go to the bowl game. Is like, why would you short yourself the opportunity? You're, you're going to right. go to a lesser bowl? You're going to go so you don't have to travel as far? Like, what? no. Go to Pasadena. It's fine. I'll, I've been to the Rose Bowl. Not the game, but I've been to the stadium. I was there in 2012 when UCLA beat Nebraska. It's still a very sad moment in my life. <laughs> but... But it was a very beautiful uh, backdrop for college football. Jason, you've been there to the Rose Bowl? 
was. I, I was there um, in yeah in 2012. My wife and I went out there. We we centered a San Diego Los Angeles <clears throat> vacation around Nebraska UCLA uh, in Pasadena. She I agreed have to not. That. So. <sighs> Jason Ron says the Rose Bowl voted yesterday to expand the playoffs to 12. Uh, there's just so much stuff happens just while you're doing a live show, for God's sakes. It's, it, everything should slow down. Slow down everything. Just stop. Oh, my God. Well, let's uh, uh, button up this thing. Um, Ralph, as far as predictions for Saturday, I guess if you have a prediction for the Big Ten Conference Championship game, uh, throw it in the comments right now. Uh, we'll get to Ralph's because he's got a, a score prediction. Uh, Josh, I don't disagree with. Says just hope all four, uh, all the all four top four teams. Gotta <laughs> phrase that one a little bit better. About to get, you know make me see double there. Uh, he wants all of them to win so we don't have a two-loss Bama in the playoff. Can't couldn't agree more. Uh, done with Alabama, kind of forever. Um, so. Let's see if we can. Now, now, Vanessa, we were getting along so well. You stop that, Vanessa. I, I, no. Jeez, we had we had a nice show. We had a nice evening. All things, you know, from from today. Oh, know. the whole thing about white yoga pants gets thrown out the window now. Yeah, yeah. And now what? You know what? Now, now, Vanessa, your your beer, courtesy of Scott Frost, is Natty Light. <laughs> because that's what they drink in Tallahassee. Oh, Tallahassee, Tuscaloosa. Okay. Oh, Jeez. We need to end the show because I'm dying. Uh, Josh says 42-17 Michigan. Phil says uh, uh, me, me chicken 45, Purdue 21. Joel says 38-10 Michigan. Uh, and Vanessa says that she was trolling me um, by saying roll tide. So that's it's 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 been a long day. You, you can't do that to us uh, this late in the night. Uh, <laughs> and Ralph said forty-five. I'm uh, sorry, fifty-two. Michigan, Purdue, thirty-three. Um, I all right. High Mountain guy says that you wear the white yoga pants, John. And, and you know, no, I I, I have a white I have a white dog. So if I wear black stuff and it just, you know, it falls on the floor, bam, it's white. He's got a white hog, too. That's what, that's what Mrs. Coronation said. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> All right. Nine, 9.48 left, 58 to 38. Nebraska has given up a whole four points in the second half of this game so far. I will say this about change. If you're looking at the basketball team and saying, you know, Fred Hoiberg is he going to survive this year, I don't know. But I think one thing that Fred Hoiberg has done is he's recognized that he has to change what he's been doing. And we might see that this year as a an example of him changing how he's playing in the Big Ten and changing how his team is playing offense and stuff like that. So I think that'll be very exciting. To, I don't know. We'll just see what happens with basketball, you know. I would like them to see, to see them do I decently. So, Cornesca Fever says twenty-four to four run. Good for us. All right, um, John, you have a prediction for Saturday's Big Ten Conference Championship? No, oh, I'd probably go 
you know what? The guy who said 42 to 17 is probably about right. 42 to 21, somewhere in there. I go. Uh, you know, they do have that Maccabee kid. That You know, the kid that nobody wants to tackle because his arms and elbows and his knees are flying all over the place. So it won't help that much. <laughs> <laughs> you were going somewhere with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll split the difference. I'll say uh, Michigan 45 and Purdue 24. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, look, some people uh, chimed in late. Uh, you know, with, with some Mickey Joseph comments, uh, we're not going to rehash everything. Uh, check out the recording. You can you can find this uh, video recording on YouTube. Uh, you can uh, check out the audio Friday morning uh, when the podcast drops. We talked about the, the Mickey Joseph situation all at the top of the show. We just kind of got into it, got out of it uh, as quick as we could. Uh, so that'll do it, I think, for this episode. John, gosh, we've gone almost an hour and a half. Uh, that's an hour and a half of your life, and I'm grateful for, uh, that you share it with uh, me, share it with all of us. Uh, we thank uh, John. We thank all of you uh, watching, uh, commenting, participating in, in this conversation, uh, and, and uh, making this show what it is. Thank you all on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening. Thank you for all of your feedback. Uh, you're great. Uh, my name is Greg Mahachko. That's John Dam Johnson. This is the Five Heart Podcast where we remind you each and every week maybe just a little bit extra today five heart is all the heart you need john go big red go watch basketball i think on espn something i don't know what's on it's on the asc acc big 10 challenge you think i'd look at my own website and know this because there's a game thread up but god that would require you know some actual planning or something or being uh god dang it I should have just, just said goodbye. Say, should go I? Big I, okay, goodbye. Go Big Rad. The the uh, the ESPNU. The game's on ESPNU. I am always a pain in your ass, aren't I? Good night, everybody.